You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And do the Aggies have a right to be mad at the SEC and also Texas for crashing the party and trying to join the mix? NBA draft goat Chad Forbes, along with Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow and Locked On NBA draft host John Carlisle, will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow the Locked On NBA on YouTube channel today and watch the live coverage on July 29th, starting at 7 p.m. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about this. It's not official, but it is official. The Big 12 is either going to dissolve or it's not just going to have Texas and Oklahoma in it anymore. And with that in mind, knowing that it's not going to have Oklahoma and Texas in it anymore, it means that more than likely, I would go at like a 98% chance. There's a very good shot. The Longhorns and the Sooners join the SEC. Now, the funny part is, this isn't going to happen right away. And it could happen sooner than we expect, but we still could have the Big 12 last another four years. So keep this in mind. When the deal was done, and they said, we don't want to be in the SEC anymore, or my bad, the Big 12 anymore, we would like to go pursue other avenues, go to the SEC, there still is a report that's the Pac-12. It's not. It's going to be the SEC. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's going to be the SEC if they leave. The report is, is that they are willing to stay in the conference through their deal, which would be through 2025. Now, why would they want to stay in the Big 12 if they're unhappy there? Simple. After a COVID-19 year and how much revenue they lost on average. And again, this isn't me saying that they're going to never be able to make this money back. But because of how much they lost and how long it'll take, at least a year, for revenue to come back up, if they were to leave, say, in 2022, until the deal is up in 2025, which would be of June of 2025, so they would be in the SEC technically at the start of 2025. So SEC Media Days would feature OU and Texas and all that. But they would owe $70 million a year to the Big 12 to not play there. That's on top of however much they would have to owe the SEC in their fair share of revenue. So actually, if say the Big 12 were to kick them out, maybe they come to some settlement. But if they decide to leave early, that's $70 million dollars that they immediately are just giving to a conference not to be there. Here's the best way to put it. You know when you have an overpriced player? I mean like a super overpriced player in baseball or in football even. So a perfect example would be Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley this year will get paid $8.4 million not to play for the Los Angeles Rams. He will 100% get that. That is going right into his bank account. He has not played it down in Los Angeles. It'll be two years this upcoming year. $8.4 million not to play. It's the same thing. 
when you break it down, Texas and OU each be paying $70 million not to have to play in the Big 12. That way they could join the SEC. Now, the biggest thing of all when you break this down and when you really think about it, what does this do for the other teams? In my opinion, it doesn't do a lot. It doesn't do as much as I think people are making it out to be. Because if I look at Texas and I look at Oklahoma, and sure, they're top 15 recruiting classes every single year. They produce NFL talent. They produce quality play. And I do look at this well beyond the actual realm of just college football. Now, that's the biggest thing of all as well. Like, like let's get through that. When you look at college baseball and you look at the basketball programs and you look at women's sports, it's actually maybe makes a little bit more sense. So, hear me out. If you were to include the them two in the SEC this past year, you would have had, I think it would have been nine or ten teams out of 16 from the SEC represented in the NCAA tournament. You would have had 11, I want to say. I want to say it's 11, and I may be wrong, it may be 12 teams represented in the college baseball round-robin brackets with not only Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt going to the College World Series, but Texas as well. So you would have had half the league of the eight teams that go to the College World Series. Half of them would have been in from the SEC. And that's not including other teams like Alabama, Arkansas that almost made it, Georgia that had an opportunity, um, LSU who went down to the wire. You're not including those teams as well. You look at women's basketball, same thing. Texas women's basketball, they got to the they went to the tournament. Uh, OU men's basketball and Texas basketball both went to the tournament. It makes sense. And then also OU softball won the damn thing. That's more money for the SEC. So if you go past just college football, and that's the biggest thing, you got to go look past and you got to go look at the conference as a whole in every single sport. It does add value. It adds a tremendous amount of value. It adds an amazing amount of revenue, but also the name and brand and recognition that comes with being a member of the SEC is a big deal. And Ross Bjork did say it best, Texas A&M's athletic director, who wouldn't want to be in the SEC? Who would not want to be in the SEC? I have friends all the time tell me, we want Bama. We want Bama. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you do not want them. Because if A&M plays them consistently every year, and it arguably is A&M's best loss every year, they are consistently playing at a high-end level against these teams, against Alabama, against LSU. Texas went down to the wire in a shootout with LSU all the way up until the third quarter, and then Joe Burrow just turned on the Jets, and it was all him. Oklahoma, for as good as they are against teams like Alabama in games that don't matter and Florida in games that don't matter, they're 0-3 in the college football playoff. Yeah, I get it. I understand where the revenue comes from, but does it make sense for Texas? Does it make sense for Oklahoma? Yes and no is the right answer for that. Because if I look at this, and, and as somebody who is a college football fan, not just an SEC fan, not just somebody who loves the SEC, not just somebody who covers AM, not just somebody who has this background, 
But as somebody who loves college football, I like seeing good programs be good. Texas is a great program. They're a staple program. Oklahoma is a staple program in the realm of college football. Texas A&M is rising to the conversation of being a stable program in the world of college football. And they had to go to the SEC, struggle for a little bit to get there. But I look at Texas A&M right now, and they are a much better roster top to bottom than Texas. If they were to play this year in a bowl game, say both win the Big 12 and the SEC, and they're forced to play each other in the bowl game for the college football playoff. One's going to the national championship, the other's going home. I would bet everything in my pocket, A&M wins that game. Because A&M right now is a better team. And I can tell you this right now. Oklahoma, as long as Alex Grinch is there as their defensive coordinator, will be fine defensively to go join the SEC. When he's gone, you're, are you back to having 44 plus points a game? Ask Lane Kiffin how that went. Ask Lane Kiffin how... In a season where everyone was talking about his offense, everyone was praising his offense, you bring up the defense and go, oh crap, that's why Ole Miss is not where they are. That's why Ole Miss is not as high as they probably should be. Mike Leach has a full year to teach Will Rogers, and I forget the kid who transferred there, his offense. Full year to figure it out. I don't believe in it. I don't. Because of, again, you have to play defense. And Mississippi State doesn't play defense. And on the flip side, in Arkansas that does play defense, you have no idea what to expect offensively from them. So they could struggle. Texas defensively could hang with the likes of Ole Miss. They could hang with the likes of Mississippi State. They could probably even hang with the likes of South Carolina. Offensively, I don't know. And I definitely don't know what would happen when all the veterans go defensively. When a Deshaun Jameson goes and a DeMarvion Overshawn goes and an Alfred Collins goes and a Keandre Coburn goes. Which could happen, and they will never even see SEC football. Is that not the fifth-ranked team in the division? And say Alex Grinch gets a head coaching job at Houston next year. Is that not a fourth-place team in the SEC? Meanwhile, Texas A&M over here is likely a top-10 team in the country because of how well they're recruiting and how little brother of the Big 12 made the jump to the SEC nine years ago, and they now know how to play the game. Do I like this? I like this from a financial standpoint. I like this from a, from a standpoint of, I know for a fact that every single weekend, there's going to be at least one enticing game in the SEC now that Oklahoma and Texas are there. But do I like this for the conference and for college football as a whole? No, I don't. I don't like this. And it's not because of A&M versus Texas or Oklahoma is not in the SEC. It's because of when good programs are good, you set yourself up for success. Right now, Texas is an okay program and they're going to be a bad program to start in the SEC. Oklahoma is a great program and they're going to be a good program to start in the SEC. They're not going to be anything for five years. And then when you look at this college football playoff that we're talking about, the six best teams after the non-Power 5 school gets in, are we really going to allow a four-loss Oklahoma in the college football playoff? Yeah, if you leave it in the SEC, or in the Big 12, it works. Because if you have one loss, at most two losses, Texas would get in if they stayed in the Big 12. 
Maybe not the first year, but they would get in at least one year. Now you want to take those away and then have more Coastal Carolinas and NC States. No offense to NC State. I like NC State, but I'm just saying. You want that because if they want to join a power conference? No, it doesn't work for football. And at that point, the 12 playoff teams are a joke. So I like it for the whole what it's going to do for college football. But as somebody who's a fan of the sport, I don't like it because of also what it's going to do for college football. Yes, in the SEC, it's going to benefit them completely because of how much revenue is going to come in just based off of Texas alone, not including OU that also is a top 10 team in average revenue, just like A&M is, just like Florida is, just like Alabama and Georgia are. But at the same time, do I like it for the actual fact that it's 16 teams in the SEC and two really dominant programs in the Big 12 are now going to have to fight and probably miss the college football playoff for a few years because if they want to join the conference? No, I don't. I don't like that. And that that's where I have the problem. But the question is, should A&M be mad at the situation? We'll talk about that next. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something new for everyone? So whether you like a cherry barcia, a raspberry, a double chocolate, or a salted caramel, the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. I know my favorite right now is the salted caramel. I take it every single morning before I go work out. And that's because the bars are not just great tasting, but they're healthy for you too. Every single bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 or 5 net carb grams. They're all amazing flavors, all tasty, and best of all, they're healthy for you. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and team field. Isn't that neat? Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. The biggest question right now is where do Texas A&M sit in this conversation? Should they be mad at the SEC for living? I think that that's a lot harder to answer than people are actually making out. I think it's a lot harder to answer. So let's take the blinders off and let's just look at this from one perspective. And that is A&M, who did leave the Big 12 nine years ago this month. Nine years ago, they said, we're done, we're out. And within a year, they were in the SEC, along with Missouri. The Big 12 falling apart is not something that's uncommon. It's happened twice in the last decade. Decade and a half. Okay, you, you got to say 11 years. When Nebraska went to the Big 10, when Colorado went to the Pac-12, and then next year, A&M and Mizzou went to the SEC. When you look at it, there is a standard... For SEC sports. And I know people are sitting out here and going, well, what's the standard? What is it? Well, think about it. It does feel like every single team has a great sport. Look at it. Plain and simple. When you look at basketball, Kentucky. Kentucky's great almost every year. Alabama football. Texas A&M football. You throw Auburn in. They've been a mix of everything, to be completely honest. From basketball to baseball to Football, you look at Tennessee, they're rising in baseball under Tony Levito. You look at Missouri, they're a consistent player in the big I mean in the SEC when it comes to basketball, and they may be a team on the rise in football. 
you look at LSU, baseball and football, they're great at. Ole Miss, they're a top 10 team in baseball and they're a team on the rise when it comes to football. Florida, another one, makes tournament every single year. And usually under Mike White, they have a pretty decent basketball team. There is a standard that comes with being in the SEC. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, lowly Vanderbilt, is a gem when it comes to going on the mound. When you're looking for somebody to take the mound, they had two top 10 picks, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. There is a standard. You have to meet the sporting criteria. And I look at that standard and I go, okay. So last year, Texas was a nine-win program. They made the NCAA tournament and they won the Big 12. They also won the regular season title of the Big 12 when it came to baseball. And they also went to the College World Series. Last I checked, that's a winner. Oklahoma. They went to the tournament. They went to the NCAA tournament for baseball as well. They beat Florida in the Cotton Bowl. Last I checked, that's a winner. I'm not saying it's right, but that is a winner. And they have shown in more ways than one in recruiting. Especially. Texas A&M is right neck and neck with both Oklahoma and Texas a lot. Right now, Texas A&M has taken that jump, and they moved ahead, and that's good. But Oklahoma and Texas, they kind of hover around. They're about the same. You look in the last few years, Oklahoma's been either top five or top seven, and A&M's either been right in that conversation of the six through eight range. Texas is kind of right there as well, anywhere between five through five through nine. They're like, they're right there next to each other. So I get it. And I get where people are also upset. You look at the Longhorn Network, which I think will have to turn into SEC Alternative Channel if it is bought out. I think you have to do that because you can't just give straight coverage to Texas if you are in the SEC. But say you do. That's a recruiting pitch that you have if you're Steve Sarkeesian that Jimbo Fisher doesn't have. And that will hurt and that will help Texas begin to thrive very early in their time in the SEC. But I saw people ripping and raving on Twitter. Unfair, unjust, this is a travesty. How can this happen? Why is this happening to us? I'm going to say something that most people are going to not like, and I also don't care. Shut up. Shut up on this. It's not that I don't think you have a reason to be mad. You have absolutely every reason to be mad. But this is the SEC. And I can tell you right now, as somebody who has lived and breathed the SEC under both Mike Slive and Greg Sankey, you will not be carrying a big stick. The people in Birmingham, Alabama do. And if you don't like it, then get out. It's that simple. They will gladly replace you in a heartbeat if you do not want to play their way. Is it fair that Texas, a team that brings in so much revenue, also has same facilities as Texas A&M, can immediately waltz right in and make an immediate impact? No, it's not fair. Life's not fair. I watch this happen all the time. There's people who work their butts off for 15 years for a position, and then a hot young, you know, hot, hot young star comes out of nowhere and they get the job. Watch it all the time. Watch people who make quick jokes on Twitter get hired 
and are prestigious and are called award-winning writers or journalists and they're good. They're not amazing, but it happens. But Texas A&M can control what Texas A&M does next. And I appreciate Ross Bjork coming out and making a statement. But the biggest thing of all is keep in mind where you sit right now in the SEC. You're coming off a 9-1 year. You're coming off a season where everything was clicking. Jimbo Fisher has come out and said multiple times, I think my offensive line could be better than what it was last year, and they honestly should have won the Joe Moore Award last year. So if that's true, what does that mean this year? You have two quarterbacks that can work in Haynes King and Zach Calzada. And you're winning in recruiting. You are winning in recruiting, not just in the state of Texas, but across the nation and turning College Station into a really good NFL pipeline. And more than that, a geographical pipeline to where kids across the country are coming in. Antonio Johnson was the number one safety out of Illinois. Moosin Muhammad was a top five wide receiver from North Carolina. McKinley Jackson was the number one defensive tackle in Tennessee. And when he was here, Chris Morris was a top three offensive tackle from Arkansas. And you're getting them to lead their states and blow up programs like Clemson, like North Carolina, like Duke, like, sorry, Tennessee, like Alabama, like Louisiana State University, like Texas. And you're actually building a powerhouse. And you're making the recruiting trail so much bigger that it's actually going to benefit you for the long run. You've had nine years to show that you may be little brother in the Big 12, but you are big brother in the SEC. So welcome it. Welcome them in. And then when you welcome them in, curb stomp them and show them what it means to play SEC football. Yeah. You want the horns? Nah. Saw them off. Horns down. That's how you make a statement. Not complaining on Twitter. You can control how this goes. You have the power. And you also have just the funds. You look at the tradition. You look at how the stadium has been built. And you look that you gave Jimbo Fisher $75 million without a second thought. He could have coached one game, he still got $75 million. It shows you're ready to spend that money to contend. And yeah, sure, Texas is going to be able to have that same type of style because of their Texas. They bring in an average revenue of over $167 million a year. But you still have an opportunity to show them on the field who is the better team. That's the attitude you have to have going into this. Because the last thing you want to do is show up after nine years of hard work and kind of just throw it all away because of you don't realize what you have. You don't realize how much money you are printing out and how much you have invested to be successful. You have done all that work. And the only thing people are going to remember if you don't say, bring it on, is instead, what a crybaby. So take option A 
before option B defines who you are as a university. And more importantly, how you react to news that sometimes you don't want to hear. Who will go number one in the NBA draft? Do you think it will be Oklahoma State's Cade Cunningham? What about Evan Mobley from USC? Well, it doesn't really matter who you think as long as you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust when making that bet. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is still in full swing, and of course, the NBA draft is right around the corner. Get all the latest news, odds, and info in your sport, including MLB, UFC, and MMA. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Listen to the Ultimate Draft Show, presented by Odyssey and Locked on. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock draft, Chad Ford, and the Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabine, former NBA general manager, Ryan McDonough. It's the perfect way to get ready for the NBA draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball team throughout this week-long special event. Search The Ultimate Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. So again, I told you that I would be talking about what Ross Bjork said. He has come out since saying, of course, that he wanted to be the only team in the SEC. And now they are welcoming Texas and Oklahoma in should the news be official. Regardless whoever joins the SEC, whether it's now or in the future, the 12th man is ready. Bjork told ESPN on Saturday. He also told Brenton Zwernerman, the guy who actually did the story on Texas A&M uh, from the Houston Chronicle. Our teams are ready. Our coaches are ready. Our athletic department is ready to compete at the highest level. That is the SEC. That is where we are as a university and we're ready for whatever comes next. We're not at that point when Wilson was asked if the Aggies would have a vote of the administration against the two programs. We have a governance structure at our campus to work through. We do not have a lot of information at this point in time to say one way or another. Basically, long story short is I feel like this whole meeting that's going on tonight, they're just going to talk about what could have been done differently because of, again, whether you want to admit it or not, the SEC has already made up their mind. Texas and Oklahoma will be in if Texas and Oklahoma want to be in. If the SEC wants them there, they're going to be there. The question is, will A&M be there? And knowing what you know, and seeing what you know, and looking at the progress and the development of what A&M has done in the SEC, and how their name has been marginally respected at a higher level because of it, they're not leaving the SEC. So at the end of the day, you either are going to grin and bear it or you're not going to be playing there anymore. And the last thing I know A&M fans want is for Texas to come into the SEC. They leave and then Texas starts to act like big brother again. It's not a good look for the university. It's not a good look for the fan base. And more importantly, if you look at Texas A&M, they are the better team right now. They 100% are in a majority of sports. And I promise you, even though the rivalry may not have that same pizzazz as it once did, 
it will to majority of fans. But more importantly, the last thing you want to do ever is allow Texas to walk in and you walk out. That's the last thing you want if you are an Aggie. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow, let's go back and let's review Jimbo Fisher's press conference from last week. What were some positives? What were some negatives? What were some things that still haven't been answered? There's a lot to break down. There's a lot that has happened with this whole thing going on with Texas. So that's been a big focal point. We got to go back and we got to actually look at what was said, what was left unsaid. Go to some big areas of expertise. We will see you tomorrow. And remember... Hey, give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.